0: morning church as uh... as quentin said we're still in a series on blessed assurance it's a study of first john we got two lessons left um, today and um, one more after that so it's a short book but we've had a lot of lessons on first john john wrote because there were some christians who were struggling with their salvation struggling with their assurance maybe that's you Maybe today, maybe through the years, you have struggled with your salvation. Maybe when you lay your head on the pillow at night, you're thinking, "Mm, I I don't know, I I hope I know, Um, I, I, I hope I have salvation. So that's why John is writing, and we'll notice again today and next week. He tells us, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. Maybe you don't have that confidence. Maybe you don't have that boldness. If not, keep reading through 1 John. Just keep reading it. People will say, what do I need to read? You need to read what, you, what helps you the most. So if you're struggling with your salvation and struggling with assurance, just keep reading in 1 John. He uses this word know or knows or knowledge or acknowledge 40 times, because he wants us to know some things, to acknowledge some things. And in the last chapter, in 1 John 5, he's going to use the word know eight times, eight times. He wants his readers, he wants us to have assurance of our salvation. He doesn't want us to doubt, he doesn't want us to wonder, he doesn't want us to hope. He wants us to have assurance, and he wants us to have that confidence, so to do that. He gives us some things we need to know. He gives us some facts. He gives us some reasons to have confidence. And one of the things that we've been talking about is there are some identifying marks of children of God. As Christ followers, as children of God, we have identifying marks, ways to identify us as Christ followers. So John's going to talk about that again in chapter 5. It's going to give us some identifying marks. Let's read. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out His commands. This is love for God to obey His commands, and His commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is a victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it's the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three are in agreement. We accept man's testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God which He's given about His Son. Anyone who believes in the Son of God has this testimony in his heart. Anyone who does not believe God has made him out to be a liar, because he's not believed the testimony God has given about His Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life, but he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Okay, some identifying marks. He's going to give us five in these 12 verses. The first one is real Christians are born again. Real Christians are born again. What makes us Christians, what makes us Christ followers is the new birth. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. The Bible calls it new birth. The Bible calls it regeneration. The Bible calls it new creation. We are born again. Some will say, all I have to do is believe. I'm sure you know and I'm sure you've read, even the demons believe. Satan believes in Jesus. The difference is, people who are Christ followers have some action. They do something. It's called obedience. Part of believing is going public with your believing so that everybody knows what that is that you're believing. And that's exactly what baptism is. Baptism is going public with your belief. So if you're thinking, well, I don't want to be baptized because I don't want to be a member of the church of Christ. Baptism is not about being a member of this church. Baptism is not something we made up. You read about baptism in the Bible. You read about being born again. Think about this. Have you ever stopped to consider that everything in all of creation obeys God? Jesus told the wind and the waves in Mark 4, quiet, be still. And the wind and the waves, creation, responded to Jesus. Jesus commanded water to turn to wine and it obeyed. Think about this in the book of Jonah, a vine and a worm and a fish responded to God. Everything in all of creation responds to God except man. But children of God respond. Someday we will all stand before God. We mentioned this last week, and He's going to ask us, What'd you do with my son? What'd you do with my son, Jesus Christ? And John says the difference is real Christians are born again. Real Christians respond, real Christians show action. Here's what Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3 I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. So again, you you may struggle that I'm not going to be baptized because I don't want to be a member of the Church of Christ. It's not our belief. Jesus said, from the mouth of Jesus, if you want to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again, born from above. How do you do that? Well, again, we believe that's baptism. We were therefore buried with Christ through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have, may live... A new life. Number two. Another identifying mark. Real Christians behave like children of God. Here's what he says. This is love for God. To keep His commands. To follow His commands. And His commands are not burdensome. When I was growing up, there's five kids. I have two brothers and two sisters. There's five of us. Our dad expected a certain kind of behavior from his children. Our Father in heaven expects a certain kind of behavior from his children. That's what John's talking about. When we're born again, when we become a new creation, when we become Christ followers, there is a change. There must be a change. Here's how Paul describes it in Colossians. He says, since then you've been raised with Christ, put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature. You used to walk in these ways, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things. Put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of the Creator. Put to death. Rid yourselves. Put on the new self. Here's how he says it in Galatians 2. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. When we're born again and when we become children of God, John says, children of God act a certain way, behave a certain way. And as he's been saying, they love God, they love one another, and they follow the commands of God. Identifying Mark number three. Real Christians live as overcomers. Here's what he writes. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Those three words are all the same root word in the original Greek language. And it's the word Nike. You know that word because you wear it on your clothes and your shoes. Nike (laughs) is the Greek word for victory from the Greek goddess of victory. So John says... Real Christians, from the original language, you think Nike made that word up? They understand the meaning of that word. Real Christians live as overcomers, as victors, not as victims. Here's how Paul says it in Romans 8. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. More than conquerors is one word in the original language, and it comes from the word Nike. We are, as a matter of fact, in this verse, we are super conquerors. We are overwhelmingly conquerors. We are completely conquerors. I like that. We are super conquerors, not super victims. We are super conquerors. John says we should not be living defeated lives. We are children of God and we are born of God and we should live as an overcomer. Identifying Mark number 4. Real Christians have eternal life. Here's what he says. And this is a testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Let that sink in. You, You have eternal life. Now, I don't want you to be confused. Everyone has eternal life. But he says this life is in His Son, As Christ followers, we have eternal life with Jesus because it is through Jesus. Jesus said in a Sermon on the Mount, Not everyone who says to me, not everyone who claims, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. As John's been pointing out seven times, not everybody who claims, not everybody who says. And lots of folks claim to be going to heaven. But John says, not everyone has life in God's Son. Christ followers do. John says, if you don't have Jesus, then you don't have life. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have eternal life in Jesus. If you don't have Jesus, then you're just breathing and buying your time. If you don't have Jesus now, then you're not going to have Jesus when you die. And so the life we have, the life that He gives... It's not just for later. It's not just for heaven. In fact, Jesus says in John 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Have it abundantly. Have it in all of its fullness. Gets back to what he's been saying. Real Christians live as overcomers and we're victorious and that's why we're able to have assurance and that's why we're able to have boldness because we know we have eternal life. Identifying Mark number 5. He says, real Christians live with a testimony. Ten ten times in this passage, he uses the word testimony. Testifies. Testimony. Testified. Ten times. He says, the Spirit testifies, and the water testifies, and the blood testifies. God testifies. Think about it. How does the water testify? Testify. Every commentator I read says that refers to the baptism of Jesus. Want to know what happened at the baptism of Jesus? God spoke, and God validated, and God testified, said, this is my son. And then at the death of Jesus, which is where we find the blood of Jesus that testifies, God showed up, and God validated And God let everybody know, the sky turned dark, the curtain of the temple was split, the ground shook, and God gave His testimony. And as you read in the book of Acts, the followers of Jesus said, we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit. And so John says, this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. What's John saying? Why, Why all this talk about testimony? Well, John says real Christians live out their testimony and real Christians share their testimony. Remember what we said last week? We're not just objects of God's love. We're agents of God's love. We have a responsibility to tell people about Jesus. We have a responsibility to share Jesus. We have a responsibility to share our testimony. Why? Because people need the Lord. Because people need to hear about Jesus. How's that going to happen? John says one way is the way we love one another. We share our testimony in the way that we love one another. But another way we share our testimony is we have to verbally tell people our testimony and our story. Maybe you remember the story of the demon-possessed man in Mark chapter 5. Jesus heals a man and he throws the demons into a herd of pigs and those pigs jump off a cliff into the water and the man who was healed wanted to go with Jesus. He tried to get in the boat and go with Jesus. And Jesus told him, no. Jesus said, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. And that's what he did. He went home and he told his family, And if you keep reading, it says he went to the entire Decapolis. He went to a ten-city area, telling people how much God had done for him. Again, ten times in this passage, John uses the word testify, testimony. It's the word martyr. It's the word witness. Jesus said, you will be my testimony, my witness. You will be martyrs when you testify in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When was the last time you shared your testimony? When was the last time you told someone how much God had done in your life? When was the last time that you lived it out and you loved it out and you talked it out? John says real Christians share their testimony. Five identifying marks. We've got one more lesson that we need to know. Let's pray.